Across the pages of history, the Church of Jesus Christ has thrived and advanced amid unprecedented times. The year 2020 has been one of those moments. Yet through all of this, we have seen God use our church to reach thousands through the online broadcast of our worship services. We have seen God bless our church, but we know that the Church of Jesus was never meant to gather just online. So it is time to come back. We need each other. We need the fellowship and encouragement of being together again. We need to get back to serving our Lord and each other. We need to be in the flesh for each other. We need to be together. Jesus told us to be the salt of the earth and his light to the world. He told us that we are his unstoppable church. It is time again to be the visible church of Jesus Christ in this region. We are daring to start again. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today is a very special day at Sugar Creek Baptist Church because today we have three in-person worship services happening on different three different campuses. Yes, we do. We have the Missouri City Campus, and they have gathered. Pastor Clint, God bless you and the Missouri City Campus. We have the Sugarland Campus that has gathered in person today. And for the first time ever, the Richmond Rosenberg Campus is now open, and members are there. Pastor Tim, we love you, we're praying for you, and all of our members at Richmond Rosenberg, we are so, so pleased. Did you know what, folks? This means that when you add the Darrington campus, we are now, for the first time ever, one church in four locations. Look what God is doing in our midst. There was a police officer that pulled over a car on a highway with three senior adult ladies in it. Pulled the car over, he walked up to the, to the driver's window and said, ladies, are you aware that you are going 35 miles an hour on a busy highway? And the driver said, well, yes, sir, but that is the speed limit. He said, no, ma'am, that is the name of the highway. It is Highway 35. And by the way, why are the two ladies in the back seat looking so terrified? And the driver said, probably because we just got off Highway 95. <laughs> we have been on the highway COVID-19 for seven months and we still haven't found an off ramp. But at least today we are here in person and we're worshiping together. So I'm going to ask a question on all three campuses. I'm going to ask this question. How many of you are in person worship at Sugar Creek for the first time since March? Would you raise your hand? Oh, my soul. At the Sugarland campus, you ought to see all the, the hands raised. And I'm sure the other two campuses do welcome everybody. It's just great. It's so great to be back. We're looking forward to a vaccine, and Kathy and I are going to take it when it comes. And we're looking forward to a new normal. But I got to tell you, at least, at least today, we are together. 
Worshiping the Lord together, singing to the Lord together. Now, the truth is this. There are some that you shouldn't be here because you've got some medical issues and you need to stay home. And I'm saying to you, please don't feel any pressure to come back. I want you to stay home as long as you are dealing with those issues. But if you aren't dealing with any medical issues, I'm hoping little by little, God will give you a sense of, of uh, feeling comfortable about coming back to in-person worship. And when that day comes, we will rejoice because it'll be just great to see you. What we don't want to do is hunker down at home and think as we watch a screen that this is church. I mean, if that's all we have, it's all we've got. But, if, but church is intended to be more. It's intended for us to be together. It's intended for us to sing songs together, to see each other, to realize that it is not just us against the world, but there is a whole body of Jesus Christ that we are partners with and to have strength from that. It's to come and hear the preacher preach and say amen ever so often and to even laugh at his jokes even if they're not funny. It is that, all of that is involved of coming and worshiping together. God is not the author of fear. God is not the author of the spirit of fear. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, that God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but power and love and self-discipline. Now, it's okay to be cautious. A reasonable person is cautious. You, you would want someone before they started crossing a highway to look both ways because caution makes sense. But a spirit of fear is different from just being cautious. When a spirit of fear grips our hearts, it creates a timidity that immobilizes us. And God doesn't give that to us. This morning, I want to begin a very short series that is simply the series Daring to Start Again. Because that's what we're doing. We're daring to start again. And the first thing I want to talk to you about is the first thing that God put to my, my heart as I wrote these messages actually several months ago, anticipating us coming together before we did. And simply this, we need each other. We need each other. The first thing that we need each other about is because we are family. We've got friends here. We've got deep relationships and friendships at Sugar Creek, sure. But there is something deeper and stronger than just friendship. We are family. Listen to what he says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. You are a member of God's very own family. And you belong in God's household with every other Christian. I love that word belong. I belong I belong, and you belong, and you belong in the family of God just as much as any other member of the family of God. He does not say that the church is a symbol of a family. He says we are a family. He does not say that the church is like a family. He says we are a family. The very moment that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible says that God brought you into his family. The Holy Spirit came to live inside of you, and God born you again. You were born physically, but now you are born spiritually. You gave your heart to Christ, and he brought you into the family of God. 
in the very moment that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, I was born again, and I became a child of God. And if I'm a child of God and you're a child of God, it means that we are one family, the family of God. And God is just reminding us, hey, I want you to act like a family. Not a dysfunctional family, by the way, God's family. I want you to act like my family. God's family is made up of people from all ethnicities and all nations. And that was Jesus's idea all along. Listen to what he said to his disciples in Acts chapter one, verse eight, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When Jesus said his gospel would go to the ends of the earth, he meant that there would be people of every nation who would come to know Jesus as Savior, that there would be of every ethnicity and of every language members of the family of God. That we together around the world who know Christ as our Savior are all part of the same family. And it's the very same idea that the Apostle John in a vision that he got, that he records in Revelation chapter 5 and in Revelation chapter 7, in which he sees the throne of God and all of the people that were gathered around the throne of God. And by the way, the gospel had not gone out very far when this happened, and yet he sees this vision. And there he says, I saw around the throne of God and there were people from every nation and every tongue and every ethnicity from all over the world around the throne of God. And we are living that out today. We are experiencing that reality. God intended that members of your family have black skin and white skin and brown skin and every shade in between. This is the family of God. And God intend this church and intends every other church to be a taste of heaven on earth. And that presents a great opportunity, but it also presents a great responsibility. Right now, people all over this country are fighting and even hating. Some of the conflict is racial and some of it is political and a whole lot of it is stress overload. People that always are nice and kind and sweet and wonderful are going crazy, are acting nutty. And it's because of the stress that is stress on stress on stress on stress and no off ramp. And what is working against us is social media. A person can sit behind a computer screen and say the most hateful, unkind, and thoughtless things about somebody else that they would have never said to that person's face. Not everybody, but some people, you give them a screen and a keyboard and they are an instant expert on every topic. And if you don't believe it, just wait, they're about to tell you. And right now, there are people stirring up hate and anger 
but that must not be us. On top of everything that's been going on, it's a presidential election year. I wish it would have been last year or next year, but not COVID year. And it's pressure on pressure on pressure. Last June, uh, when I was preparing, I was in a quiet time and preparing my message at God and Country Day last June, I heard God speak to my heart and say, Mark, I want you to be a diffusing, diffusing effect on the rhetoric that is coming. And I knew it was, he was talking about the politics. Does that mean that we don't express our convictions and our beliefs? No, it doesn't mean that. But what is happening in so many cases, it's just one person yelling over the top of another person yelling. And it's not accomplishing anything. I will, I'll be your pastor now for 18 years in just two months. 18 years. And during those 18 years, 24 times, I have preached a message to this church about prejudice and race and racial injustice. 24 times. The first message I preached on this topic was my first year. Because I know this is not the heart of God. I was taught as I was growing up that racism is not who God is. But all I had to do is just read the words of Jesus and I knew that is not the heart of God. The heart of God is to bring people all over the world together under one banner, under the family of God. And I've taught it that way for 18 years. For these 18 years, between 30 to 40 times, I have addressed either the entire message or part of the message about the issue of abortion. And I am pro-life and I'm pro-life from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet because I feel, you, you don't have to applaud, but I, what I'm saying is this, I feel that when I read scripture, that it is wrong to take the life of an unborn human being and I say it that way. I believe that morality is defined by the creator of the universe, not the culture. Because the culture almost always gets it wrong. Oh yes, I have deep convictions, but I... Last June, I, God was saying to my heart, Mark, I want you to be a part of calming the rhetoric this year. And that's how I approached God and Country Day. And I approached this message. If there is ever going to be a time, look, pretty much everybody's entrenched. 
and nobody's really talking to the other side. We're just talking at. And so if there's ever going to be a time that we decide to ratchet down the emotion and just act like Christ followers and treat each other the same way, we would want to be treated just as Jesus taught us. It, ne it needs to be now. If there's ever going to be a time that we are going to be loving toward others who disagree with us, it needs to be now. Because others are reading our posts and our statements and people that don't know Jesus are and people that are from other churches and our church and other places and in the process we are wounding if we're not careful I'm not saying you are but if we're not careful we're wounding the body of Christ We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are to be different. We, we are to be a bridge of hope and, and of help to others. Yes, we are to stand for moral issues. And the things I mentioned, those are not political in my mind. Those are moral issues. And I'm never going to stop dealing with them and talking about them. But what has never tied us together is politics. It, politics has never been the tie. What is the tie that binds us is our mutual love for Jesus Christ. Amen. Is there an amen anywhere in this room? It's, it's, it's our love for Jesus Christ. It is our love for his word and it is, it is our love for his mission. And we have locked arms together. And though we come from different places and we think differently about different things, we think the same about Jesus and his word and his mission. We need each other because we are family. Second of all, we need each other because we are stronger together. Fall is almost here. Oh, yay, God. In, in, in other places, it's already started. In, in Houston, it's sometime in October. We don't quite know when, but it's almost here. And it's going to come down, that temperature, at least two or three degrees. It's coming, and we're just hungry for it. Please come. And when it comes, there is going to be this scene. I love it. I don't know. It has been a calming effect for me. I just Every time I see it, I just stop and I watch and I listen. And it's this scene you're going to see on the iMag right now. Okay, those of you who are hunters, do not get the gun out. Just leave them alone. Geese. Don't you love them? Don't you just love the V formation? You see the V formation? Do you know why geese travel in a V formation? Well, researchers have shown that actually geese in that formation can travel 71% 71, 71 further every single day than if they were flying alone. 71%. You know why? Because when the goose in front is flapping its wings, it actually creates lift for the next goose. And the next one, the next one, and next one. 
so that actually there is a sense of lift that is happening because of the flapping of the wings in front of them and they can fly further every single day. And did you hear them honking? Did you hear the honking? You gotta have heard the honking. And you know why they're honking? Researchers say they're encouraging each other. Yeah, come on, keep it going up there. I'm loving it back here. I love the lift that you're doing. Don't give up now, don't quit. Keep those wings flapping. That's what they're saying. They're encouraging each other. And there's one other thing I discovered. I discovered when I was reading some research on all of this, that when there is one good, oh, there's one other part I want to see. You know the guy that doesn't get any lift? It's the point person. So you know what happens? He is only the point person, the point goose, for a little while. It does, it's not long. And then he radios back. I'm really getting tired now. I need somebody else up here. And he falls back, another goose goes up, and off they go. They keep right on going. And you didn't even, you came into this room, didn't even know they were wired for sound. You didn't even know that. One other thing, what happens is that ever so often there is a goose that gets injured or is tired or something and can't keep going. You know what happens? He falls out of the formation, and as soon as he does, I was stunned when I read this. Two other geese fall out of formation and stay with him to help him. And when things are whatever it is that needs to be back, they then all three take off together and they do it in a V. You know what? I was amazed. Here is the truth. Geese are smart enough to know that if they're going somewhere, they can get their best together. And it dawned on me the very same thing God is saying to us as the family of God. Three things that I want you to grab hold of. The first one is simply this, just like geese. We are flying to the same place. How many of you are hoping to be in heaven one day? Would you raise your hand? Now, I'm not getting up a bus today. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying one day. You bet I want to be in heaven one day. It beats the other option. I want to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. I I want to be around the throne of God. And Jesus made this statement in John chapter 14, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will receive you to myself that where I am, there you will be also. There's the promise. Jesus has made us a promise. You give your heart to me. You come to know me. You become a member of my family. I'm going to tell you, I'm making a place for you. And when your time is right, when it is the moment, I'll come and get you and I'll hold your hand. You don't have to be afraid of this because the very moment you fully awake, come right out of that body and you come right into the presence of Jesus Christ. Just like that. And one day that's going to happen with me. I got a mansion that's being built. Now, my wife actually has a mansion and I've got this little hut and I'm probably in a different neighborhood. But she's let me come and visit her 
when we both get there every so often so I can be uptown for at least a little while. There's something else, though, about this. Not only are we wanting to get to heaven, we want to take as many people with us as we can. Amen? We want all of our friends and our family members and people we don't even know to come to know Jesus Christ as Savior because we have a destination and that destination is heaven and we want to enlarge the size of heaven. We want to see all these people gathered around the throne that John saw in his vision in Revelation 5 and 7. And oh God, use me to be a part of seeing someone else come to know Jesus as Savior. See, we have a destination just like geese. Second of all, just like geese, we can fly further and faster when we fly together. When you go walking and you walk with someone else, you will always walk further. When you go jogging and you're jogging with someone else, you will always jog further. Because especially if you're a man, you got a man up, you don't want to look bad, you will always go further then you would have gone by yourself. There's a Zambian proverb that goes like this. When you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. Because see, life is not a, is not a 50-yard dash. Life is a marathon. And in order to get through this marathon, we got to have others to go with us. God intended for us to live in community to live with other believers, to gain strength from other Christians. Just being in the room with other believers, even if we don't speak to everybody that's in the room, just being here and knowing it's not just me, God. I'm not just out here by myself. I'm part of a family. And I can look across this room and I can see part of that family. And there is a sense of strength and encouragement that happens with that. And that is why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage each other. We need some people honking at us every so often too. All of us do. Encourage, like the geese honking, that's what I meant. We need, we need somebody honking at us too and encouraging us. Keep it going. You're doing the right thing. Here we go. We're in this together. All of us need encouragement from other believers that are part of the family. And Jesus said to us in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I'm there. I'm there. He's here. Richmond Rosenberg, he's there. Missouri City, he's there. And in your living room, he's there. We only do well when we do it together. I don't know if you've ever been to a, a county fair. Kathy and I have been to some county fairs in, in our marriage, and uh, we would go ever so often. And there's one event that happens in many county fairs, maybe not every, but, but in one, and it's called the horse pool or something along that line is the name of it, where they, they uh, hook on to a horse, a sled, and then they put weight on the sled, and whichever horse is the strongest wins the prize, can carry the most weight. And in a particular county fair I'm thinking of, the winning champion horse pulled 4,500 pounds. That's horsepower, 4,500 pounds. 
and the runner-up horse, 4,400 pounds. And then part of what they do, the sort of the grand finale of all of that, is that they put the two top horses together, hook them up, and how much weight will they pull? Well, we already know 4,500 plus 4,400, it's not right, 9,000 pounds. But what happens is the event I'm thinking of, it was 12,000 pounds. Yes. You would have thought 9,000, it was 12,000 pounds they pulled together. Why? It's called synergy. Is that when two people come together, there is such an encouragement that happens in the process of pulling together, they do more than they could have done as an accumulation individually. God uses them in an amazing way. God intended for us to live in community because it does something to us. It energizes us. It encourages us. We're stronger together. Here's the last thing that just like geese, when we're struggling, we need others to see us through it. Isn't it cool what geese do? A goose falls to the side, two other geese come and help it. And that needs to be in the church as well. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse 10. If one person falls, another can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And all Solomon is reminding us is, we're stronger together. And when one of us hurts, the other needs to come alongside and help. If you live in the suburbs, maybe, you probably have seen a sign that is like this. Bring the sign up, there it is. Neighborhood watch and notice the words on the bottom, we watch out for each other. And it's sort of a warning. You come into this neighborhood and you want to steal something, you want to rob some, some house, let me just tell you, all of us are watching. We're all in this together. We're taking care of each other. And that should be the church of Jesus Christ. We're all in this together. Now, my question is, have you given your heart to, to Christ? Have you ever accepted Jesus in your heart? If you haven't, you can today. In just a couple of moments, I'm going to pray. And at the end of the prayer, we're going to invite you to go online to an online Next Step Center where one of our ministers will be there. And you can, you can come to know Christ as Savior. We'll help you to know how you can be a part of the family of God or how you can come back. I mean, maybe you had accepted Christ as your savior, but you've drifted away and maybe you just need, I just need to get my heart right with God again. We'll help you. Or, hey, I've been visiting Sugar Creek online for a while. I wanna be a member of this church and you can come and join our church. Next Step Center, just in a couple of moments. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, and oh God, we're so glad to be together. We're so thankful for the opportunity to worship together, to sing together, to be in a room together. And oh God, over the course of the next weeks and months, we pray you would keep gathering us, keep more and more gathering us, bring us together. 
Now, Father, we pray for everyone who is listening that have never given their heart to Christ that this would be the day of salvation, giving their heart to Jesus Christ. That some would come back and get their heart right again with Christ. And some would join the church right now and, and come and be a part of Sugar Creek Baptist Church. Move in our hearts today, Father. We want you. We want you. We need each other. And thank you for this body of Jesus Christ we're a part of called the church. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.